Um, God's love is limitless, so these messages might be limitless. So we're going to be looking at a few things today that, uh, I don't know, might be new, maybe not. But I titled the message today, When Jesus Prays, God Answers. When Jesus prayed, God answered. How many people think that when Jesus prays, God answers? Amen. Right? Yeah. He prays perfect prayers. Right? The perfect prayer of love between the Father and the Son. That's what we're going to be looking at today. The perfect prayer of love between the Father and the Son. The love that they had for each other and the love that they have for us. Love is the greatest force. It's the most powerful force there is. God is love. And the Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, that, that love, love is energized by faith. Love is energized by faith. Okay? So when you see, or no, love energizes faith. Faith worketh through love. And so when you understand the power of God's love, then faith is energized. Faith is energized. So before we look at one of Jesus' prayers, we're first going to look at what the Apostle Paul says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Very important verse, where he says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, but not I. It's Christ that liveth in me. And the life that I now live in this flesh suit, in this earth tent, here's the important part of this verse. Well, this whole verse is important. This whole verse is packed with power. But I want to look at this part that Paul says. And the life that I now live in this flesh suit, in this body suit, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I like that phrase. Paul didn't live his life based upon his faith. I don't walk anymore based upon my faith. You know, you need to have enough faith. How many times have we been told that? Yep. You need to have enough faith. Huh? You don't have enough faith. You know, you, you're doubting. So you're, 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 you're canceling out your faith. Well, I don't care anymore because I'm not living by my faith. Mm-hmm. I understand what Paul is saying here. Oh. The faith of the Son of God. Do you know Jesus had faith? No. You know what his faith was? It says right in, in Hebrews chapter 10, you know, I believe it's verse 8 where it says, Lo, it's written in the volume of the book, I came to do your will. I came to do your will. And that was to do away with the old and bring in the new. And when you understand that, that Jesus is saying, I came to do your will. I came to do your will. And then you look at Isaiah chapter 53, you find out what the will of God was. The will of God was for him to be chastised. The will of God was for him to receive stripes. The will of God was, you know, for him to be broken and battered and bruised and bloodied. The will of God was that he would become sin who knew no sin. The will of God was my my righteous servant, okay, through his sacrifice, that will justify the many. So what was the faith of Jesus? The faith of Jesus was 
I've come to do your will. And I believe as I do your will and as I carry out your will, now it will be up to you to carry out your end of the deal. Your end of the covenant. You understand? And so when Jesus was on the cross, Jesus said, finished. What was he saying? Finished. I'm finished, Father. That's what he was saying. I'm finished, Father. And then he said, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Finished. Bowed his head and went to rest. Complete faith in the Father that he knew going to hell. But I know on the third day my Father is going to raise me from the dead. The faith of Jesus. And when he raised me from the dead, when he raises me from the dead, he's going to raise me into newness of life. He's going to raise me with resurrection power. And not only that, when I'm raised from the dead, to newness of life and resurrection power, all those that believe in me are going to be raised with me to righteousness and resurrection power and newness of life. That's what the faith of Jesus was. And so I live in his faith, knowing that he was raised from the dead. That means the Father answered his prayer. That means the Father kept his end of the bargain. The Father kept his end of the covenant. And so now, this is not up to me to muster up enough belief. Right? It's not up to me to muster up enough faith. It's up to me to just, I believe, Jesus. I believe in you. I believe in this covenant that was forged between you and the Father. And I enter into it through faith in you. And that fully qualifies me. Do you understand that? That fully qualifies me for all of the promises and all of the blessings. Fully qualifies me. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. For it is God who qualifies us to qualify for the greatness of our inheritance. Amen. So I understand full well what Paul was saying. I'm living my life. I'm living, and Paul, more than anybody, talked about resurrection life and, and new, newness of life and new creation life and, 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 and being transformed and transformation and, 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 and the metamorphosis and, and a new species. And Paul got this, and Paul walked in that life. And that life that Paul walked in says was by the faith of the Son of God, the faith of Jesus. The faith of Jesus. Can't go wrong when you're living by the faith of Jesus. So that's important what Paul is talking about there. The faith of the Son of God. Not in. The faith of. You put your faith in Jesus and then you live by the faith of the Son of God. Who loved me and loved the Father and gave himself for me. Beautiful. Beautiful. And now from there I want to look at a portion of scripture. From John chapter 11, verse 41 and 42. And basically, this portion of scripture comes from John, where John is talking about Lazarus, the accounting with Lazarus. And, you know, Jesus gets the word that Lazarus is taken ill. And in fact, by the time Jesus got the word, Lazarus was already dead. Okay? He was already dead. And so, 
we know we know the story how Jesus Jesus arrives to the scene and and, and remove the stone right and he's going to say Lazarus come forth we know that story so we're going to be looking at verses 41 through 42 and it says this then they took away the stone from the place where the dead were laid and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said here's the important part that I want to look at father I thank you that you have heard me period and then it says and I know that you always hear me but I'm just saying this now for the people which stand by. You know what? That's us right now. We're standing by. We're sitting by. You're listening to this message. And Jesus is telling us, the Father always hears my prayer. The Father always answers my prayer. And why is that good news? Because now we're going to look at his prayer of love for us. His prayer of love for us. John chapter 17 is an amazing an amazing chapter because this, this is where Jesus prays what's considered what's called the high priestly prayer of Jesus. This is the prayer he's bringing before the Father. This is, this is the prayer, right? It tells us the Father always hears. He always hears. He always hears and he always answers. So now look what Jesus is praying in John chapter 17, verse 20 through 23 and 25 through 26. Father, I'm not praying for, for these that are here with me right now. I'm not praying for these alone, but I'm also praying for those which shall believe on me through the word, that they all might be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, that they also may be one in us. Wow, that's an amazing prayer that Jesus is praying before the Father. This is my prayer, Father, that we all, that we all, that we all, they that hear the message and believe the message and receive the message, they would be one with me, with you, with you, with them, with them. Oneness, oneness, uniting. That's powerful, guys. That's powerful. That the world may believe that you have sent me. And now here we go. And the glory which you gave me I give to them that they may be one, even as we are one. So you see right here, he's praying that we might be one, and he's letting us know how that takes place. It takes place by glory. Glory. Jesus was glorified, and now he said, the glory you've bestowed upon me, I'm bestowing upon them. This is, this is beautiful. This is what his prayer is. And the glory which you gave me, I give them that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, thou in me, that we may be all perfect. 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 This is beautiful. Gloried, right? One, unite, perfect. Perfect in one. Perfect in one. And that the world may know that thou hast sent me and have loved them as thou hast loved me. Why is God bringing glory why is, is God making us one? Why is God making us perfect? Because he loves. He loves us. That the world would know that you love them even as you love me. That's powerful. Even as you love me. Wow. O oh, righteous Father, the world has not known thee. 
but I have known thee. And these have known that thou hast sent me, and I have declared unto them thy name, and will continue to declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. That's his prayer. Look, let's look at some of these words here, okay? The glory, the glory, the glory, Father, that you've given me, I've bestowed upon them. This is what he's praying. We're going to see if his prayer came true. The word glory, you know what the word glory means? It means doxa. It's D-O-X-A, doxa. It's from the Greek, all right? And it means of great dignity. It, may, it means of great honor. It means, it means splendor, brightness, magnificence, excellence, preeminence, dignity, graced, majestic. Something belonging to God. Wow, we have been glorified. Now, this is another one important meaning and definition from the word glory. It means opinion, opinion, an estimate, a good opinion and good estimate wherever this word is found in the New Testament concerning the one resulting in praise, honor, and glory. So what is this word glory telling us? That when Jesus says, the glory you've given me, the brilliance, the, majest the majesty, right? The, the supernatural power, right? And your view and opinion, I've given them. It's your view and opinion for me is now your view and opinion for them. That's so, pow that's so powerful. Because love has to cause us to understand that we've been glorified and that now the only opinion that matters in our life is God's opinion, is God's view and opinion. And our view and opinion must line up with his view and opinion. How many times, you know, do we beat ourselves over the head? It's like, oh man, I did it again. Oh man, I made a mistake again. Oh man, what's wrong with me? When am I ever going to get it right? Do you know every time you do that, you take another chip at, a chip at, your, uh, at your own approval rating? And when you take a chip at your approval rating, you're also diminishing the love for you have for yourself. And the love for your, you have for yourself and the opinion and the approval rating you should have for yourself should all be based upon God's love for you and God's approval rating for you. See now, so, see, now when you understand that, then you operate in power. You operate in a power that you're never going to understand unless you let that go. Unless you let the inferior approval rating go, you're always going to be operating in less than what you've been created to operate in or less than the power you've been operating, created to operate in. You can't say, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. You can't say, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. I just screwed up again. Drop an egg on, my wife dropped an egg on the floor the other day. And right away, I heard her. I heard her. She was saying, oh, man, I can't believe I did that. You know, honey, honey, remember, remember, it doesn't matter. Here, I'll clean it up for you. It doesn't matter. It's just an egg. We got 12 other ones. It's no big deal. Hey, no. See, what does that tell people? What does that tell you? Oh, my goodness, I just dropped all the coffee on the floor. Oh, oh my goodness, I just ran around. 
I didn't see that light was red. Oh, no. I just, what's wrong with me? Oh, I'm going to get a ticket. You know, whatever. We, 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 we crucify ourselves. And then, even now when religion comes in and says things like, you, you know, you don't have your healing because you're not believing, then you crucify yourself some more. I'm not a believer. I'm not believing. I'm not believing. I'm not believing. You are, you are tearing apart your own approval rating before God. You are tearing apart your own view and opinion and estimate before God. You are telling him I'm not. You are telling him I can't. You are telling him I don't have. I don't agree. And he's trying to get us to operate in the fullness of love and the fullness of his approval, which is, comes from the full, fullness of the glory that he's given us, that he's imparted us. I hope this makes sense. Yes. I used to be the biggest... Uh, the big, you know, I, I listen, I play around with stocks, okay? Boy, and I've made some bad, bad, you know, and I'm like, oh, man, I can't get any of this right. I can't do it. I can't get it right. You would think I would know it right by now, you know, get it right by now. I don't think like that anymore. You know what I think? I thank you, God. I got your wisdom. I always make good decisions. I make right decisions. No matter what, it's a good decision. No matter what, it's the right decision. I operate in his power. Guess what? Brandon, I've had six wins in a row. Six wins in a row. Six. You know, doesn't matter. Even if I have a loss or another, whatever, I don't operate out of a out of out of a, a fallen mindset anymore, or the mindset that tells me I can't get anything right. I operate in the mindset that I have the mind of Christ that I get everything right. Why? Because I want His love. I want His power. I want His approval rating to be working. Powerfully in my life. I want, as Jesus says, so am I, to be working in my life. And it can only work in my life if I have the same approval rating for myself that God has of me. That I have, if I have the same opinion of myself that God has of me. And there can't be no other opinion. I will never look at another person and say, you have to, you have, to have more faith. You have to have more belief. Nope. Because I would never say that to Jesus. And if I can't say it to Jesus, I'm not going to say it to you. And you know what the Father says? The Father, he's not going to tell me, you need to have more faith. You need to, more, you need, need to believe more. You know what the Father says? He just come to my throne of grace. Don't think, don't think any other way, okay? Except you are, you can, and you have, right? Come to my throne of grace. Just come to my throne of grace. Why? Because you come to my throne of grace, you're going to get mercy. You're always going to get mercy from me. You're always going to get mercy from me. You're always going to operate in mercy. And then you're going to leave with more grace. Okay, then that's all I'm going to do. That's where I'm going to stand. Don't you dare tell me I'm not, I can't, I don't have, I need to be, I need to work. That's not my gospel. That's not the love of God. Here it is. That word glory is just so powerful. Perfect. That they might be perfect. That word perfect, right? Perfect. Uh, consummate. Consummate, right? In character. Consummate in character. Consummate in character. You know what this word here, they they you know, I don't want to get sexual here, but they, they said it's 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 this, it's as the same word as a man and a wife through sexual relationship consume, you know, can can consummate the, the marriage, right? Cons this is this is what this word is means. We've been perfected, right? With God. We've become one with God through this consummation. This is amazing. Just like him. Just like him. 
You know, I, I, I've, had, I've had people chip at my, my, my self-esteem forever. Forever. I'll never forget when I was a youth pastor. I, I wanted to, I, I was, one of my assignments was to, mat, was, to, was to wash the church fan. Okay? And I watched the church fan. I thought I did a great job. I really did. I thought I did a great job. And, and I thought that the senior pastor was going to come up to me and say, wow, you know what? It looks pretty good. Looks really good. He comes up to me and he says, you know what? My six-year-old son, Mark, could have done a better job than that. I'm like, whoa, okay. He said, give me the bucket. Give me the, I'll, I'll get all the spots you missed. I'm like, wow. Just like beat me. Just like beat me. But, but, and that was, you know, that's just a minor example. But that happens over and over and over and over and over again in life. You know, I wasn't the perfect, I wasn't the perfect father. You know, I wasn't the perfect parent. But at least I believe that I, I, I raised my children to dream and to believe that they can achieve whatever they dreamt, to do whatever they can do. You know, I, I, I believe that that, that, that if they can dream it, they can do it. You know, and I always said they were winners, whatever they did, whether it was on the basketball court, whether it was on the track field, whether it was on the basketball field, uh, the, the football field, whatever, whatever they were doing, whatever they were becoming in life, whether it was, whether it was a public servant, civil servant, whether it, was, whether, whether it was a lawyer, whether it was whatever. I knew, I said, you know what, you're going to be the best one. Okay? You tried to give them the true, a good view and opinion. And this is what our Father does. And you know what? My go-to scripture is, is it grace or is it not? Is it grace or is it not? Is, is the prodigal son. When he comes back, the Father, he don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear anything, you know. I, all I want to know is, give me the robe. Put the robe back on, you, on his back. Put the ring back on his finger. Put the shoes back on his feet. He's my son. He's always been righteous, even though he, he didn't think he was. He always had my authority, even though he didn't think he did. He was always my son, even though he wanted to just be a servant. He's my son. He's my son. And all that I have is his. That's the only view and opinion that matters. That view and opinion that matters is, you're my son, period. And all that I have is yours. Right? And then the other son comes along, who's of the law, and he said... What? That guy, he didn't do anything for you. He didn't obey one of your commands. He hasn't listened to you once, you know? He hasn't done any kind of work. I have never failed you. I have always obeyed you. I have listened to your every commandment. I have, right, right? And what did the father say? You got it wrong. You got it wrong. Everything I have is yours. Riches. Right? Provision. And now the Father says healing. Everything I have is yours. Why? Because you're simply my son. We need to have the same view and opinion and understand that we have been made perfect through our uniting and our union with Jesus Christ. The other word he uses here is one. One. And that's all it means is one. One. And it actually says this. Not two. <laughs> one. Not two. One, one, Jesus, you, no, 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 one. That's why I used to say, is it, is it, is it you or is it Jesus? Is it Jesus, is it you? Yes. Yes. One. So we have to, but this is what Jesus is praying. This is what Jesus is praying. Glorified. 
Listen to this in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, verse 30. The Apostle Paul is letting us know that the Father answered Jesus' prayer. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed into the exact image, duplicate copy of his Son, that he might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And who he justified, those he glorified. So there it is. Jesus' prayer was answered. We are told several times in the word of God that at born again and born anew, we have become, we are glorified. I've tried to tell that to many people. You are righteous. No, I'm not righteous. No, I'm not righteous. My righteousness is like a, a, a pile of filthy rags. Hey, buddy, you're in the wrong covenant. You're in the wrong covenant. You're in that covenant that you try to get righteousness right before God's eyes by your works and by your doing. And you can never do it because your works are as a bunch of filthy rags. But you see, now in the new covenant, you achieve the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And that's why, you remember, this all, this, the Bible is, is so awesome. In, in, um, in uh, Acts chapter 10, when that, when, that, when that sheet came down from heaven, and, Jesus, and, Paul, and God said to Peter, eat, eat. What did Peter say? No, no, I can't eat that. That's unclean, right? But when you read it, what does God say? Because Peter's getting ready to go to a Gentile's house. He's got, God is going to send him to a Gentile's house. What does God say? Hey, listen, Peter. What I call holy, let no man call unholy. That's powerful. Finney, what I call holy, let no man call unholy. And when those men are standing from their pulpits saying you need to be righteous, you need to, you need to achieve holiness, you need to become holy. Guess what? They're not preaching God's message. They're not preaching God's gospel. God has already done it. God has already made it to happen through faith in Jesus Christ. Sit back and, relieve and receive. Oh my gosh, this is beautiful. Perfect. What about perfect? Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12. And then 14 and 15. This is beautiful. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12, and then verses 14 and 15. Perfect. Did God answer Jesus' prayer? But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. For by one offering he had perfected forever those that are sanctified, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. Wow. What's the Holy Ghost a witness to? Sanctified, perfected. That's what the Holy Ghost witnesses to us. Sanctified and perfected. Jesus' prayer was answered. One, Romans chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, 
we certainly also will be united with him in a resurrection like his. Wow. One with him. See yourself. That's where the healing flows from, guys. That's where financial blessing flows. That's where blessed relationship flows. When you understand, glorified, perfected, one with him. I love this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. This is, I love when Paul uses the same word twice. And in the English here, it says, wherein he hath made us accepted. Made and accepted is the exact same word in the Greek. It's karito'o, and it means to grace, to endue with a special honor, to make accepted, and to be highly favored. This is what God's love, this is what God's grace has done. He has made us accepted. Paul says it twice. This is amazing. Powerful. In the beloved, that's the agapeo. That's, that's a God love. That, that's, that's a love that follows hagiazo. This is what the Strong's Concordance and Vine's Expository Dictionary says about these words. It's a love that follows sanctified and follows hagiazo. And hagiazo means holy and blameless. So in other words, we are accepted in the beloved. We are we are highly favored, right? We have been endued with special honor, right? We have been sanctified. We have been made holy and blameless because of God's perfect love for us. And this is, this is powerful. And, and all this is is an answer, an answer to Jesus' prayer. Jesus' prayer has been answered. Period. We have to wake up to that realization, that illumination by the Holy Spirit. As I always say, I am, I can, and I have. I have been glorified. You have been glorified because of God's love. Amen. Your view and opinion and approval rating before God could not be any higher than it is right now. You have been perfected. You have been made one in character with God the Father and God the Son. That's powerful. Amen. You have been made one, united, 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 just like Jesus, glorified, perfect, one. This is who we are. This is the true, this is the true fact of what new creation is, of what born again is, of what happens that day, that day we say yes to Jesus Christ. And you mean to tell me that if you don't walk in that truth, your life is not going to change? <laughs> If you don't walk in the fullness of the power of his love, the fullness of the power of his view and opinion, the fullness of the understanding that I'm just like him, and that becomes your thinking, and you get rid of any kind of negative thinking or disapproval thinking, and you only operate out of approval, and you only operate, right, out of that perfection, and you only operate out of that love, I guarantee you. You think your life is good now? 
it's not near as good as it's going to be or it's going to get. And we truly will get to that place, right? The more we come to believing the word of God, that as I look in the mirror and I behold the glory of Jesus, the glory of the Son of God, the more I look and the more I behold, right? The only true mirror that tells us who we truly are, right? The more I come to it and believe I'm looking at my image, I'm looking at, at my reflection, then the Holy Spirit makes it happen. I'm looking for that. More and more and more and more. Operating in it more and more and more and more. Not accepting any negative. Not accepting, no negative, no negative, no negative, no negative. Pastor Lori and I started watching a movie, a Hallmark movie. We looked at each other, mm, negative, boom, shut it. We don't want to watch it. We have, you have no idea how much things affect you. No idea. And becomes a stronghold in your subconscious soul. And it grips you and it gets you and it takes you. You know, I'm watching a football game. And I seen, I, I seen the common attractions of some type of movie uh, with the ocean scene and there was a shark there. Right? I go to bed and I'm dreaming. I'm in the ocean trying to get to shore. Okay? And, and there's a fin coming at me. And I'm like, I can't swim fast enough to get away from it. But before, before it gets to me, I wake up and my heart is, I'm like, you know, what we look at, what we entertain gets in. And it strips us of the view and opinion and the power. Now, I'm not saying anything that thou shalt watch and thou shalt not watch. Or thou shalt do and thou shalt not do. What I'm telling you is this mind is powerful and things will enter our subconscious and rule and reign instead of the spirit of God and the power of God that's within us. And we need to determine not by work or efforts, but by yielding. Holy Spirit, do. Holy Spirit, show. It says by the Holy Spirit. I believe as Jesus is, so am I. Amen. And that's where I want to walk in. That's where I want to live. <clears throat> Period. Amen? Amen. Amen.